Hi everyone and welcome to our Pentecost Sunday online service today. We welcome you no matter where you may be viewing this message today, whether it's in your home uh, or on the bus or a train or wherever you are uh, just tuning in. Just want to say a huge welcome to you. We pray that you are really inspired by this message, this time together, and that uh, you enjoy uh, the things that God's uh, going to be doing in your life uh, throughout this message. If you have any uh, needs or praise reports or prayer requests, please let us know. No, we want to let you know that we care about you and uh, we love you and we want to be there to support you as best we can. So if you have any uh, needs or prayer requests, just send those through on email or through our social media. Also let us know if you've got any praise reports because likewise we want to praise God and uh, give him some glory in uh, the things that he is doing right now in people's lives. And we can share that with people around about and they can have the same thing happen in their life as uh, they hear those praise reports as well. Jane and I want to thank you all for praying for us and the leadership time, leadership team Sorry, in uh, this, uh, this season as we've been uh, in this restricted mode of being able to bring church to you. We really do appreciate your prayers. We'd especially uh, ask you to be praying for Jane and I uh, over the next week. Uh, we're going to be taking a week's leave starting on Tuesday. So uh, if you could pray for us, uh, pray for refreshing and renewal, uh, also for us to enjoy some relaxing downtime, we would really appreciate your prayers in that area as well. So thank you for uh, doing that uh, uh, and praying for us in, in this time. Uh, Jane and I also uh, are looking forward to us all joining together again when these restrictions are lifted. We've been in planning already uh, to make things happen, uh, for getting things ready for when we do join together. So please keep uh, an eye on your inbox or social media as we start to unroll uh, some things that will be happening in how we join back together as a church. But right now, I just want to uh, dive into uh, today's message, uh, being Pentecost Sunday, uh, I'm going to go straight to the book of Acts and Acts chapter 2 and verses 1 to 4. And this is what it says in the New International Version. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. I, I, I don't know about you, but I tried to imagine myself in this moment. What would this scene have looked like? What did, how loud was that wind that was blowing like a violent wind? I mean, for them to say it was violent, it must have been fairly loud for, for them to, to describe it. Like, What would the tongues of fire look like uh, that settled upon each person? Then the, 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 like the people in the city started to rush towards what was going on, to, to see it or to hear what was, what was happening in that moment. And they heard people, these, these disciples, speaking in their language as they were approaching them. And they likely would have said, how do these people even know our language? They've, they don't look like people that come from our area. How do they know our language? But the interesting thing was that it wasn't just that they were uh, just saying anything. They were praising God in the language of the people in the city. What an incredible moment to have happened. So, And this all happened on the day of Pentecost. So what is Pentecost? Well, Pentecost is a celebration of the harvest, and it actually marks the birth of of the New Testament church. For Israel, it was a harvest of grain. And for the church, it was a harvest or an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and of souls being saved. When the word was first given, when uh, G uh, Moses received the, uh, the Ten Commandments, 
At that moment, 3,000 people were killed. But when the Spirit of God is poured out, there were 3,000 that were born again that day. You read that later in the book of Acts. Because of Pentecost, we reap a harvest and we have the power to be witnesses because the Holy Spirit was poured out. We've been renewed and transformed to bring renewal and to bring transformation wherever we go. It's living life in and from the presence of the Spirit of God. Because of of Pentecost, his power is abundantly available for us who believe. The Bible says that. I want to let you know that we consider Infused Church to be a Pentecostal church. What that means is that we identify with and seek after the fullness of the Holy Spirit, just as they did on the day of Pentecost in the early church, as recorded here in the book of Acts. I want to say that we need an encounter with the Holy Spirit in our lives more and more. As we enter the last days, we need the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Part of our vision as a church is that encounter follows encounter follows encounter. In other words, it starts from an encounter with God and it flows out from there. We bring an encounter of the Holy Spirit to people around about. We bring the love of God to them. We bring the grace of God. We bring forgiveness to the people in our community and in our streets. We need an encounter with the Holy Spirit. You know what? There's been much talk lately of what uh, we can't do and not enough talk about what we can do in his presence, in his ability and in his power. And as witnesses, we can't afford to stop seeking after being filled with the Holy Spirit. As the church, we can't afford to remain the same. We need to be transformed in in this time. And as God's children, we cannot afford to ignore his presence. We, as a church, need the Holy Spirit to be open to all that he wants to be and to do in and through our lives. I'm going to pray for the message because I pray that you catch something here today. I pray that there's an impartation that comes through this message to you. I pray that the Holy Spirit births something in you. And right right now, I, I proclaim and declare over your people today that there is coming a holy hunger, a holy dissatisfaction at the status quo, that we would, Lord, search for, hunger for, pray for, make time for a fresh baptism, a fresh anointing to come upon our lives, that we would open ourselves up and become desperate and hungry for it. Lord, start a fire in us today as a result of uh, the Pentecost Sunday being here today. I pray you'd start a fire, just as maybe we, we, we sing that song, set a fire. Lord, let the, the tune of that start to really resonate in our spirit today. And I pray that in the name of Jesus. You know, I I really do believe that we need the Holy Spirit because we need power to be witnesses of Jesus. Acts chapter 1 verses 4 to 5 says Jesus gave them this command. He says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised. That gift was the Holy Spirit. But I want to say to us, but wait. Let's wait for the baptism again, the refreshing uh, touch of, of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It says, to, to, uh, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And this is uh, Jesus talking to the disciples. 
Then he goes on in verse 8 of chapter 1 and he says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the world. You know what? We're in one of the uttermost parts of the world, right here in the sunny Adelaide Hills of, uh, of Adelaide of South Australia. This is where, you know, th- th- this can be a fulfillment for us in this day and this time. You know what? Holy Spirit power is available to us to complete the task before us in the harvest that God wants us to, to, to reap and, and to, to bring into. But it's got to be the Holy Spirit. It can't be by our own imagination or our own ingenuity. We can't do this on our own. We need the Spirit of God to be able to help us to do that. And you know what? I believe that uh, we can see from our text here that God the Father didn't want his people to do this work without giving them the ability to do it. That's why we are told in Luke 24 verse 49, he says this, stay in the city. Now, I want to just paraphrase that to our context today. Stay in your prayer closet. Stay in that place of encounter. Stay in your car if that's where you're encountering God. Wait in that place. Wait in that moment for the Spirit of God because you will be clothed with power from on high. The message of Acts chapter 1 verse 8 is simple. That apart from the Holy Spirit, we can't spread the gospel as God wants us to. We can't heal the sick. We can't raise up the lame people. We can't set people free. We can't restore people. There's nothing that we can do on our own unless we have the Holy Spirit with us. And I don't know about you, but I want to see people liberated. I want to see people walk, see the blind eyes open and the deaf ears open. I believe that God wants to do it. The Holy Spirit makes the difference, church. The Holy Spirit makes the difference. It's his power that works through us. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 to 5 says, and this is the cry of the Apostle Paul. He says, My message and my preaching weren't with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest in man's wisdom, but in the power of God. You know what? This is the greatest cry of my heart every time I stand up to preach, every time I have an opportunity to speak in our church or or to speak in our community. I I want the the power of God. I want the the Holy Spirit resting on my life. See, without the, the power of the Holy Spirit, the message of the gospel rests on man's wisdom. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5, that in the last days, the church will have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. This is one way of saying that we, the church, put more of an emphasis on externals, on a show, rather than on the internals, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And let me say right now, I ask the forgiveness of my Lord God for the times where We've rushed ahead and we haven't waited on the Holy Spirit, on his presence and in his power as well. I ask God to forgive me for those times. We've got to start to to wait on God more. We've got to wait on his spirit for us to be able to do what he wants us to do. We need to be like the New Testament church who saw the baptism of the Holy Spirit as the normal experience. It's for empowering believers to spread the gospel. They knew that as we should, without the Holy Spirit, we're not going to make much of a difference in this world. 
Our bodies, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but our bodies have a remarkable organism that's inside of us. Our bodies can actually maintain a constant temperature of around about 98.6 degrees, no matter what the weather is outside. Now, Jane's probably going to argue me with me about this because when it's, it's cold, she's cold, trust me. Uh, but whether we're in Antarctica or, or the equator, our body stays about the same temperature. There's an inner dynamic in us that makes the difference. And for the Christian, the Holy Spirit is that inner dynamic to help us to make a difference in our communities, in our workplaces, in our shopping centers, in our streets, as we're talking to our neighbors across the road or over the fence. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit because as a church, we need to be transformed. Acts chapter 2 verses 1 to 3, and I've read it just at the start of this message. I'm going to read it again because I think it's important. It says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly the sound of the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. You know what? We've just come through uh, over summer uh, the, the most horrendous wildfires uh, across our nation. And, and when that, those fires, this, there was those sparks that happened because of the wind that occurred at that same time, those fires spread like just amazingly fast. There were people that were overtaken by the fire and sadly lost their lives there. You know, the, the, what happened was the, the wind blew these, these flames ahead and, and it just took off at a, an incredible rate. Well, I believe that that's why we see the wind and the fire in this instance, because God wants to fan the flame of his presence worldwide. He wants to spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that there is forgiveness, there is grace, there is love, that God loves His the, the people in this world. And he wants people to hear that as fast as they possibly can. The other thing is that, have you ever wondered why fire was a symbol that was used in this particular instance? Why it was fire that touched the, the spirit, uh, the, these people. It was the Holy Spirit in, in represented by the fire. Well, fire is a, is a symbol of transformation because whatever fire touches, it changes. It, it simply does. The Holy Spirit took a group of fishermen former prostitutes, religious leaders, tax collectors and various family members of Jesus and the other disciples. And then Jesus formed them into a united group of believers, a gathering uh, that today we call this the church. The church is not a building, it is a gathering of people. See, before Pentecost, these disciples were scared, they lacked faith and they didn't fully understand God's plan. But after Pentecost, after the fire fell, they were united as never before. They stepped up in faith and they saw people saved. Nothing before had welded them into such a united force. And it took the fire of the Holy Spirit to do this. I read about a, a story of a blacksmith who had two pieces of iron which he wanted to weld into one piece. He took these two pieces of cold and hard pieces of metal and he put them on the anvil and he started a hammer with all his might. But they were still just two pieces and they wouldn't join together. 
Then he remembered what he had and he should have done. He, should, he, he took these two pieces of iron and he thrust them into the fire. And, and then he took them out when they became red hot. He laid one on top of the other. And then one by one, he, he started to hammer these, these two pieces of iron. And it just took two or three blows before these pieces became one. The church has many members, but there's one body united by God for his purposes, for his, by his power to manifest his presence in and through our lives. There's never been a program that's dramatically changed people's lives and brought them from all walks of life and turned them into a united group who can actually accomplish God's purposes today. It takes God's spirit to do that. The church was birthed in the power of the Holy Spirit. Our communities won't be transformed until we are transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit as well. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, and this is John the Baptist talking. He says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me will come one who's more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not fit to carry. He'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Acts chapter 2 verse 3 says, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and rested on each of them. The fire that appeared on the heads of each believer in the upper room has a connection to the Old Testament. For we read where Moses was dedicating the tabernacle in Leviticus chapter 9 verse 24. It says, fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the fat portions on the altar. When everyone saw it, they shouted for joy and fell face down. When Solomon dedicated the temple, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 1 tells us that when Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and then the glory of the Lord filled the temple. See, supernatural fire from the presence of God fell on those sacrifices. This showed people that God had accepted the tabernacle and the temple as his dwelling place. The proof of his acceptance was the supernatural fire that fell from heaven. The Apostle Paul uses the term temple to indicate that under the new covenant, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 19 to 20 says, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. At Pentecost, the believers had tongues of fire rest on them. Once more, God sent his supernatural fire to, to demonstrate that from now on, he would accept the temple, the individual person, as his new dwelling place. So the believer is a temple of the Holy Spirit. The church, believers, the gathering of believers, would become the dwelling place of God's Holy Spirit. And as the temple of the Holy Spirit, such as 1 Corinthians 6.19 tells us, that we are no longer our own. We're not our own any longer. He also really tells us that we're not alone any longer either. John 14 verse 17 says, The Spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him, 
because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I thank God for the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. I also know that unless I build and focus on and nurture my relationship with the Holy Spirit, that it can grow cold and even snuff out the fire of his presence in my life. That's why we need to listen to what Leviticus chapter 6 verse 12 says. It says, The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. It goes on to say, Every morning the priest is to add firewood and arrange the burnt offering on the fire and burn the fat of the fellowship offerings on it. See, instructions were given for the fire that fell from God that it should never be allowed to go out. It should always be attended to and constantly so that it would never go out. So should the fire of the Holy Spirit in our lives, saints. We need to guard that fire, that spark of his presence, that, that, that flame of his goodness in our lives. It should never be allowed to go out. Even uh, Paul, when he's talking to the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9, he says, do not put out the Spirit's fire. See, this is what, what is, what's going on. The people of God walking in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, who are flowing in his gifts and cherishing his presence and stirring up the fire that he's placed within us, are going to make the biggest difference in this world in these last days. You know what? I started with this, uh, this message with Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. I want to read it again. I want to read it again. When, the, whole, when the, the day of Pentecost came, there were all, they were all together in the one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. I asked us, could we imagine that scene as it happened on the day of Pentecost? Let me take that one step further. Imagine yourself in that. Imagine yourself in that moment where God by his Spirit comes down and you hear this sound of a, a, a violent rushing wind. You, you sense the, the, the fire of his presence upon your life. How much of a difference would that make in your world today? How much of a difference would that make to your family and your friends? How much of a difference would that make to our communities? To have people who are just touched by God, who are filled by the presence of the Holy Spirit, not arrogantly or or trying to, to do anything else other than to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in that moment. How much of a difference would that make in our life? Because I believe with all my heart that that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life and in my life. I openly welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit into my life. I need the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. The people around about me need us to be filled with the Spirit of God. I want us to, to take a moment and to pray right now as I just bring this message to a close because I believe that the Spirit of God is right here, right now. He, 
He wants to, to use you. He wants to flow through you. He, he's, he's desiring to, for you to just open up your hands, open up your, your heart even now. Just, just do that right now. Where you're sitting right now, just open up your, your hands and open up your heart. Just close your eyes and say, Holy Spirit, I welcome your presence this morning. I welcome you. I ask you to come and to touch my life afresh today. I pray, Holy Spirit, let the fire of your presence come and touch me once more. Help me to fan into flame the gift that you put into my life, the gift of the Holy Spirit. I pray that there'd be a rushing mighty wind, that you'd touch my life, that there would be an instantaneous combustion that would happen in my life. Burn up those things that are not happy, not, not uh, right in my life. I pray that you'd burn away everything that's not right. I pray that you touch my life and bring out the, the, the preciousness, the jewel uh, uh, that is you put into my life. I pray, Holy Spirit, as I open up my life to you afresh today, touch me in a way that I've never been touched before. But Lord, help me to bring that touch to other people. Don't let it just be in my life, but help me to bring the touch of heaven into the lives of people around about. I pray, Lord God, that we would uh, cry out for you with a, a greater level of just needing you, a thirst and a hunger that consumes us for your presence in today and, and what you're doing through us, Holy Spirit. Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence. I pray for a fresh touch right now. I pray for uh, for offenses to drop off. I pray for healings to happen right now. I pray that limbs are restored. I pray for blood pressure to come down. I pray for cancerous tumors to go in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord God, for depression to lift. I pray for anxiety to go. I pray for a sense of peace and tranquility to touch people's minds and their lives. I pray, Lord God, for skin diseases to go. In Jesus' name, I pray, Lord God, for heart disease to go. I pray, Lord God, for arthritis to go. I pray for diabetes to be healed in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord God, for, for you to touch your people in ever-increasing ways. Lord, touch your people today. Let them know that they've been in your presence by touching them in their physical bodies. I pray for uh, open doors to to speak with uh, uh, family members who maybe have turned their back on you, Lord God. Give uh, the folks a, a chance to be able to do that. Open up a door into a hardened heart, Lord. Soften hardened hearts right now. Make a, a way to speak into those moments. I pray in Jesus' name. We call back the prodigal sons and daughters by the power of the Holy Spirit today. Oh, I, I sense God's doing something in your life today. I really do. I, I really sense God's power and anointing touching you right now. You know what? I, I want to give people an opportunity to, to receive Christ as their Lord and Savior right now. What an incredible time to come and to meet Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Jesus made the person of the Holy Spirit available to us. Jesus went to be with the Father. He was here on the earth. He was killed on a, on a, a cross. He was raised to life after the third day. And then he ascended to heaven. And when he went to the Father in heaven, the Father released the Holy Spirit to fill his people. That's what the day of Pentecost is all about. It's the day that the Spirit of God started to in, uh, inter, uh, in, um, intertwine himself with the, the lives of people and to, to come into their lives. That's what this is all about. If you want to meet Jesus and make him the Lord of your life, I encourage you to, to pray this prayer with me and mean it from your heart because I believe that you'll be born again if you mean it in your heart and you confess it with your mouth. Simply pray this. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner and I ask 
for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Saviour. Fill me now, Holy Spirit, with your presence. Baptise me in your presence today on Pentecost Sunday. And I pray that in Jesus' name. You know what? If you prayed that for the first time and you meant it from your heart, I believe that you're born again. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life in heaven. Uh, if uh, I could encourage you to do something, just put your details below in the comments area. We're going to get some uh, materials to you. We'll touch base with you and start to, to guide you on your new walk with Jesus. Uh, hey, thanks everyone for joining us today. I pray that you've gotten something out of this message. I really do want to impart to you a hunger and a thirst for the person of the Holy Spirit today. Uh, why not check out our online kids program uh, straight after uh, you've uh, looked in on this online service here and also our youth programs as well. If you don't know how to access that, uh, just again, put your email address below. We'll make sure that we get a link to you so that you can uh, look at that stuff as well because it's absolutely fantastic what we're doing for the kids and the youth, the young people. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and social media. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Really encourage you to do that uh, because I believe that uh, there's great things happening for us coming up. Hey, why not put a comment below? What impacted you the most from this message? Because uh, we really would be encouraged to hear how God's touched your life as a result of this message. And like I say most weeks, you've been lit up to light up. I'm going to also add in now, we've been renewed and transformed to bring renewal and to bring transformation. I pray you have a, an incredible, incredible week. God bless you as you go in the power of the Holy Spirit today. God bless.